Impressions. Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Welcome to Impressions. Uh, today, we're going to rescore some of our fave movies with some new tracks. <laughs> so, like, as soon as I started doing this, I just, like, I realized, like, the intense hubris of this task. I was, it was like, hard. I was like, wait a minute. Like, this might have been a terrible idea. Because um, you have to, like, kind of intimately know the movie... Yes. And, like, I think you do need to have an idea of what the songs in the movie sound like. And, like... Right. It's just... There's so many layers. I had to go through. I was like, what is a movie that I would consider a favorite movie? Which was yeah. a whole another yeah. bag of worms. I know. I I don't have an answer to that question either, really. I was having such hang-ups. I, like, was like, do I do, like, a recent fave? Yeah. Um, that I dare really love? Like, I entertain the idea of, like, TV show episodes yeah. that are, like, iconic to me. But ultimately, I chose The Craft because I think it's probably the movie I've seen the most. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people know it. It was a toss-up. It was really between, like, 10 or 15 different movies at some point. So. Yeah, what were some of the other ones that you were toying with? <laughs> I was toying with Romeo plus Juliet because I yes. remember I had like a cool English teacher, I think in 10th grade. And one of our assignments was to rescore the play. Right. But of course I had like had seen the movie. So I'm like, well, this is going to be easy. <laughs> we had a cool ninth grade English teacher yeah. who I, I didn't have, but I heard that in his class he had students recreate it. And like for the, the different like party sequences, they mm-hmm. got to choose mm-hmm. their own music. And so yeah. there was a lot of like very nasty hip hop played yeah. along with some yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. So edgy. But I love that I heard about this from a student who like thought he was really cool and That's he was amazing. like yeah. he got to listen to Peaches and Cream by 112. That's cool. like kind of sexy. But I liked it. I was like, <laughs> oh, you touched students. Like people yeah. got into yeah. it, which is totally. my hope. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, like, yeah. I'm still thinking about that assignment so many years later. So right. I, I love that. God bless. Yeah. Goddess bless um, <laughs> cool English teachers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I ended up going with Nightcrawler for multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. One is because I was just listening to songs, kind of trying to get any, like, mm-hmm. what would this even be in any movie ever? Yes. And one popped up to me. It just really tickled me if mm-hmm. this were the song that was playing in mm-hmm. Nightcrawler mm-hmm. instead of the score that happened during certain scenes. Yeah. This, it like horrifies both Shanes in my life mm-hmm. that I love this movie so much and that <laughs> I watch it like so often. Uh-huh. It's it's like a comforting movie. It's not comforting, but for me, right. it's one of those movies that I can put on and have in the background. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to have it on as a friend. It's super dark. I don't yeah. know why I feel like comforted by this movie. I think honestly, a lot of it is all of the shots of LA at night. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to do was driving around at night, particularly in California. So 
I think that's the comforting aspect. That makes sense. Knowing you, having seen the movie, like, that makes sense to me. There's something so, like, sexy and warm, but also, like, psychopathic about it. <laughs> much like L.A. <laughs> much like L.A. in my mind. I thought you were saying, much like you. There's no. something, like, sexy, but also, no, like, no, 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 warm no. and psychopathic. <laughs> <laughs> Very unlike you. I'm not going to do a spoiler, but, like, the ending right. image of that movie is so fucking scary to me. Yeah. It really deeply frightened me. It was like a primal fright. I was, I was so scared. Okay, have you seen The Invitation? I have not. Who? Okay. It's yeah. a real L.A. movie where, like, mm-hmm. the kind of character of L.A. in terms of its new-agey cult alliances, like, that's mm-hmm. the evil that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it. I think it's really great. I think mm-hmm. it's a wonderful movie. I don't know if I can watch it again because... It was so painful. That end scene mm-hmm. is extraordinarily creepy in a way that mm-hmm. like terrifies me to my core. So yeah. check it out, Nick. I think you're really going to like cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Another sociopathic L.A. story. Perfect. <laughs> All right, well, let's start with your rescoring of the craft. I'm very oh. excited. Oh, man. Like the arrogance that you need to have in order to rescore such a perfectly scored movie as The Craft is not a level of arrogance I'm used to having. Mm, but lean in. it gave it a shot. This movie really, it just defined a sense of like self and coolness and like power when I was a younger person. Um, and the music, like I said, is a huge part of that. The movie opens up with a cover of a Beatles song. Tanar Never Knows. Yeah, it's sort of like a psychedelic rock-inspired tune. I love that It fits song. so well in this movie as um, yeah. Sarah, the main character, is flying from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And it's sort of the song like dumps you off in like, I don't know where she lives, Pasadena or something. Who knows? It To me, it kind of casts a spell over the movie and it puts you in this like, ooh, we're in like the Wiccan world. Mm-hmm. So part of my choices for this, I wanted to pick music that was new because a lot of the music in that movie is sort of, it's from the mid 90s. It's all of yeah. a certain era. Yeah. So I wanted to keep everything sort of from this era. So I went with this song by an artist named Jamie Isaac. And, you know, it's much slower and softer than the music they use in the movie, but I do think it casts a spell. I love imagining sort of like flying from one part of the world and kind of emerging in this new neighborhood that is now your own. The dreamlike transition you kind of have when you travel from one place to another, either metaphorically as in a spell or in an airplane. It's called 4.30 Idler slash Sleep. She's getting sucked into something. Yeah, it's a, it's a spell, but it's kind of jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a spell, it's a spell. Yeah. <laughs> the track starts out with drums only, and they're looped, and it, it creates this very swoopy and swirling feeling. Mm-hmm. If sounds were water, they are in that whirlpool going down a drain. For me, it was like, it was a stirring up of winds, kind of in the same way the sound oh, yeah. was sort of like building and growing and swirling. It was like a yeah. swirling up of some sort of storm. And mm. like as the song kind of progressed and like the drums came became a little bit more complicated, like it's just like a rhythmic, beautiful stirring that this character, Sarah the Witch, is, get, is getting caught up in. Yeah. You know, when she descends on Los Angeles, it's like their fourth has arrived. There's this sense that like magic is in the air, I think. Mm. This feels very hopeful, like this really tender piano and the vocals and yes. even the sax. I would characterize all mm-hmm. of those as tender. Yeah. This feels like there's something new. The percussive snare comes in and that just adds a sense of urgency. There's mm-hmm. like it amps up this kind of need to get there. Is my breathing crazy? 
Bless you. Blessed be. <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, I love there's there's all of that. But also to me, there's like this incantatory quality of just yes. the word sleep in that deep voice being repeated over and over and over again. Like, despite all this motion and despite this swirlingness, like the song is commanding you to fall asleep and kind of just don't worry about it all. Just sleep. Mm. And I think that's such a beautiful tension. Yeah. For all the motion in the song, I find the song like intensely relaxing and meditative as well. Hmm. I, I really love this artist. He's great. A lot of his music is sort of this trip hoppy, jazzy kind of stuff. Cool. It really reminded me that like when I was a youth, I also like was weirdly into trip hop. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, yeah, you me know? too. Man, Portishead has staying power in terms of scores oh, yeah. for television shows. Yeah. Jane and I are watching a couple of different shows, mm-hmm. not together, mm-hmm. but I always hear Portishead happening in one of our shows. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, okay, the movie Nightcrawler, for those of you who haven't seen it, in a nutshell, Jake Gyllenhaal plays this young kind of grifter guy. He ends up getting into the world of independent television news contracting. So he goes around to crime scenes and films things so it can get put on television news. It requires a lot of driving around different parts of LA. Like the car is a very important element of this movie. The first song that I picked is by Wolf Peck. And it's a song called Marjorie, My First Car. The music in Nightcrawler is a lot of guitar and it kind of sounds 80s-ish and slick. And it's never quite in a minor key despite all of the kind of terrible things that start to unfold in this movie. So I really kept that in my song choices as well. Because to him, the main guy, Jake Gyllenhaal, he never thinks that anything that he's doing is terrible. So if we're in his mindset, all of it is going to be a little bit positive. I'm going to take the My First Car of Marjorie also to be kind of other first things that he's Mm -hmm. learning Mm -hmm. how to do in the movie. Like learning how to use a video camera, etc, etc. Impressions. The song is a little goofy, and when he's first learning about this industry, he's also very goofy. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing, and other cameramen, like, make fun of him, and mm-hmm. and also the, the kind of dreamy quality of this song and the idealization of having this first car really fits in to me with his imagination of what his life is going to be like right. once he's established right. this new career, and he yeah. has everything he wants. There's like this scrappiness to a first car. Like your first car is not your best car. From what I remember of the film, he just has this like scrappy, like just flying by the skin of his pants 
I think I messed that phrase up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like your skin pants that you're wearing today. Yes, flying by his skin pants um, and just figuring it out as he goes along. And, you know, like just thinking about what like the first car means or just cars in general. Like, God, how exciting it is to get your first car. Like how big yeah. the world suddenly becomes for you and how fun is just driving. Yeah. And this song, like it has that like laid back but sort of exuberant sense of like driving down a big boulevard. I got like reflection of like neon color against the windshield or better yet being a passenger in your best friend's first car and like kind of watching the road roll by oh yeah and you're definitely doing that thing where you put your hand out the window and you like do a wave with Uh it and the wind kind of Uh goes along with you different movie but i always think of rolling with the homies as quoted by Brittany murphy in clueless sure (laughs) yeah sure yeah it's that it's that motion I've been washing my car a lot recently because there's so much pollen here and like I think the motion of car washes like the automated car washes are so sexy they kind of just like shimmy slowly and like (laughs) it's like someone moving their hips just like back and forth I also think it's a perfect song to just kind of go through a car wash but in a sexy way (laughs) like just and then sort of enjoy like the flopping bodily motion of these things kind of slapping against the face of your car if you (laughs) (laughs) You know, at a certain point when you're driving through the automatic car wash, like, it slaps onto Mm -hmm. your front windshield. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to think of it as somebody at a club just like, oops, I bumped into you. Uh Oops, now I guess I have to grind. Oops. (laughs) Oh, you said you wanted wax? (laughs) Also, like, I don't know about your local automated car wash, but mine has these beautiful, like, neon pink and purple colored soaps that it just, like, spits out in the middle of the shimmy, which... (laughs) Those are also the colors of the song. It's like swirling, kind of pastel-y neons just dripping yeah. down a windshield of a car. lands in Pasadena. Like any good like adolescent high school story, she struggles to find friends at school. Sure. But once she finds the friends, like she finds her best friends. Even though like it's not really how the movie is edited, I see that whole like friendship building section where they learn about each other's powers and they learn about kind of their compatibility both as witches and friends. Like to me it's sort of this montage of just like beautiful fun moments that culminates in this like really powerful really kind of like fuck you attitude of a scene when they're walking through their schools like plaza or whatever they feel like celebrities yeah i think like that they just feel like celebrities and that's such a fun feeling when you find your group of people not just like in movies but in reality when you when Mm. you find your group of people that you're just like wow i feel like a celebrity or i feel like important when i'm around these people the movie is so like unabashedly 90s this next song is sort of i think a newer update it's a little like riot girl it's a little like deer hoofy but this song kind of i was getting at that feeling of like empowerment and celebration a fun song that i think fits like a really empowering fun moment in the movie 
when they're kind of finding each other. So it's called Like a Lady. The artist is um, Palm Poco. Impression. The vocals feel yeah. very deer hoof. And then you come into the chorus, which the chords are so 90s alt girl, like Veruca yeah. Salt, L7. Mm-hmm. And yes, when the chorus comes in, I was like, oh, yeah, this could definitely be playing when they're doing that slow motion walking down the yeah. hall, being super cool. <laughs> and also, uh-huh. like, when they get off of the the bus and the bus driver says, watch out for the weirdos. And Nancy uh-huh. says, we are the weirdos, mister. We are the weirdos. <laughs> Yeah, and the yeah. chorus could definitely come in. <laughs> For sure. But the verses feel like they're on the bus on the way to the woods to yeah. go call on yeah. Manol. Because it feels so like carefree and easy breezy. So I just imagine them on the bus, like just enjoying each other's company. Like they're skipping school. Mm-hmm. I love that you said carefree, because that's definitely the vibe of this song. I was getting like nothing in the world of this song, like can hurt you like you're kind of all powerful instrumental break in the song mm-hmm. you know the guitars are really heavy and it's like but it still is so fun mm-hmm. and what I mm-hmm. saw in my mind's eye was just a really like a riotous witchy celebration yes. in a meadow in the woods so kind of like a bacchanalia but there doesn't need to be a male bacchus figure involved Romping through the fields, drinking each other's blood mixed into wine. Just a (laughs) celebration of like this strong woman friendship, especially Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after her terrible experience with Skeet Ulrich's character. Oh, God. He's so gross. So gross. And like, you know, maybe a butterfly arrives. Maybe. Despite it kind of, you know, unfolding at some point, their friendship, like... When it's strong, it's amazing and it's beautiful yeah. and it's something that's totally worth celebrating. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I still haven't seen the new one. It's okay. I know it's very intentionally like more multiracial, which yes, is, like yes, yes. given that it takes place in LA, I'm like, yeah, you probably should be a little yep. more diverse. Yep. But also like yep. the way that Rachel True, I don't remember her character's name, but the one black witch in this movie The way that she's treated is racialized, which I also appreciate. Part of the reason that that woman on the swim team is so mean to her is because she's black. Rochelle. Thank you. I don't, I also don't remember um, Nev Campbell's character name either. Oh, yeah. It's, um, shit. I know. It's... Sarah. <laughs> no, I thought that was Robin no, no, Tunney. No, that's the main one. That's, yeah, that is, you're right. Nancy is the bad one. Bonnie. Bonnie! Here I am, like, The Craft is my favorite movie. I don't know they any bring of the up the Wikipedia. I don't know what any of their names are, and I never have. <laughs>
I don't love all of the music in Nightcrawler. This is the song I kind of wished was playing in the montage of like driving mm. to crime mm. scenes. The song is called All Night by Romare. Impressions. I was in pursuit or pursuing someone in a very like 70s influenced way. Mm, mm. Maybe a big <laughs> car is involved somehow. Big cars going through tight spaces. Yeah, there's also some cool tones that come in. They're like, where, 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 where. They mm-hmm. felt like car horns. It's definitely a song of movement. This is not mm-hmm. like a still song. It's not a song to stew in. It's a song that's about going somewhere, getting some things. Don't stew it, move it. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> This is not a scene that actually exists in Nightcrawler, but I could see it also being played. Like, he starts to make kind of connections in different communities. So he's like, yeah. call me if something happens on this block. Mm-hmm. Like, or if you know of something, like, let me know first. And like, passing yeah. people money, like in a cool right. handshake kind of way. Right. Like his empire is growing. He's yes. networking. He's making connections. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a song for building. Yeah. There was one yeah. point where I was like, ooh, this also feels like it's a... LA beach bonfire with a bunch of different kinds of weirdos dancing around <laughs> on the beach. So maybe he like somehow intersected with the craft. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. And like your edit of Nightcrawler, like, oh my God, is that Nancy? Like, yeah. like what? <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that the craft and Nightcrawler are now in part of the same cinematic universe. Um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I think it was a synthesizer. It's like high and kind of weird sounding, but to me it's like, ooh, the stakes are raised a little bit. It intensifies or like mm. the networking intensifies. Like maybe you land a deal at like a major corporation or something. Or like but... the, the guy who he initially wanted to learn from is now seeing mm-hmm. him more as a rival. Ooh, something yeah, like yeah. There were also so many surprises in this song. I constantly got the feeling that I was like rounding a corner and being like, ooh, oh my God, like they caught up with me or like seeing like a new, a car pulls in front of you and like honks their horn or something like that. Mm. There's that sense like, yes, you're going forward, but you have no idea what you're going forward into and you're sort of just making up, making it up as you go along. Which is just Um, so appropriate for that movie. Yeah, exactly. That's that movie. Like, in this universe where the craft and Nightcrawler exist together, like, you know, they're making up as they go along in the craft as well. Like That's true. I mean, this song, I could see it equally working well when, like, they kind of, like, steal the spell work from the witch shop. And they're like, ooh, yeah, we're learning all these spells. We're changing the color of our hair and our eyes and our nails. And, like... Yeah. Yeah. They're figuring it yeah. out. Like, you know, in the craft where, like, the car hits the guy and they're like, oh, my God, did we do that? And then, like, maybe you see Jake Gyllenhaal, like, show up 10 seconds later and film it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, after watching Nightcrawler and after now watching it multiple times, Mm -hmm. I am convinced that Jake Gyllenhaal is actually a sociopath. I think he is, too. Like, every time I hear an interview with him, I'm like, oh, no. 
He's like putting on this charm, mm -hmm. but uh, uh, it's dark under there. Yeah. I don't know if you listened to that podcast mystery show by Starly Kind, but she did one episode about Jake Gyllenhaal's height because like some sources reported it as like 6'2", and some it was like 5'11 and a half. Oh, God. So that was the whole episode listening to the interview and he's like ha 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 you know he's laughing and he's so charming and I was like don't trust him don't trust no. anything he says yeah. he's just gonna tell you what you want to hear don't believe it I agree with you he's just so charming and like so handsome and like <laughs> you know that those people are sociopaths like nine times out of ten <laughs> <laughs> and like you're right he's sort of a chameleon yeah. his roles are so different from one another but there's something the same in each role and that there's this like weird false sense of comfort and seduction. Which which character does he play in Brokeback Mountain? He's I know you've the... seen it more than I have. <laughs> uh, that's that's a science fact. Um, he's the one that's like slightly more out and more sexual, and he's kind of gaudy and tacky, and he makes a lot of money in the ranching business. It's very clear that he sleeps around with a lot of other people, not just Heath okay. Ledger. And then he gets murdered by one of his like rancher neighbors. I haven't rewatched it because I, I can't watch sad things. Yeah. They just Same. destroy me. Like I remember the first time I watched Titanic, mm -hmm. I cried for like two days. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I came yeah. home and I just kept crying. I was like, it's so sad. <laughs> it is so sad. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Okay, so they got their mojo. They're feeling real good about yep. themselves. But then what happens? Well, you know, I hate to say it, but something sad happens. Nancy goes off the deep end a little bit. She becomes obsessed with her power. She kind of becomes a tyrant. Mm -hmm. The girls bind her power, thus taking away her power and kind of also destroying their coven. And then sadly, you know, Nancy ends up in a psychiatric hospital tied to a bed, convinced that she's flying. It's such a, it's just a troubling ending. I don't like that Nancy like is forced into this ending. I don't like that she doesn't have agency around going to a hospital. I don't like a lot of a lot about it. I, there's sort of this like she's like crazy. I do like that she becomes obsessed with her power, and I kind of like that shift. I think it's such a classic shift in narratives where like the power overtakes her, and then she doesn't know what to do with it. And it's so sad. Like the girls, they let go of her. There's like sort of this flicker in Sarah that like maybe she now has like the power and she will then kind of inherit this this tyranny. Um, but you know, it ends with them just sort of splitting apart. So this song, I like to be yeah. a little bit revisionist in my thinking. Yeah. In my ideal ending of the craft, Nancy would have kind of checked herself into the hospital. And she still would be practicing like light, happy magic in the hospital. And she still would realize that she is powerful. She just needs to like learn the power. Meanwhile, the three other women would be also like continuing to explore their power and using it for good. And it would be a real feel good, beautiful, wistful ending. If I'm going to situate this in an actual part of the movie, I think this would be the song when they, when they bind Nancy. Mm. And then it would kind of play into the scene where they go into the house full of bugs. Okay. So... <laughs> This is Noise. I never said the artist. This is Noise by Jella. Impressions. I love that you are bringing in the song that really kind of highlights the breakup of this friend yeah. group and the kind of pain of the breakup of friends. Yeah. Also, when you're a teenager, right. you know, it happens. You're like, oh, I don't want to, this person's not cool anymore. Yeah. And like the hurt that that other person feels when you don't want to spend time mm -hmm. with them anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, there's 
something so joyful and young about like just wrapping up your identity with like your friends and your best friends and like then 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 unwinding that and losing that it is it's truly truly heartbreaking you know (laughs) like and just like the act of like binding someone you're sort of like taking out their thread and like wrapping around themselves to separate them from you and it's just this uncoupling or unquadrupling however you want to call it like it's painful and I think like the movie is written in such a way that you're supposed to think Nancy is kind of the bad guy and that she's in the wrong and she deserves to be thrown away, but I always found it, it just incredibly, incredibly sad because she was really the holder yeah. of like the energy and the power and the exuberance in this group, and it all falls apart at the end. Like there's that point where they're like, "Oh, did you all lose your powers?" And they're all like, "Yeah, we did." Not, Not Sarah. Sarah. She's like, "Wink, wink." No. <laughs> the song it starts kind of a chromatic minor feeling at the beginning, and then there's a transition into this more major segment. And there's the lyric, breaking of a love affair and making it look Mm -hmm. easy. And I just pictured Sarah at the end. Like, maybe she is kind of holding all this deep hurt Mm -hmm. of her first group of friends that she made moving to Mm -hmm. L.A. after her mom died. Mm -hmm. And she kind of has to put on this brave face. But there is, like, this hope. She's like, okay, I know that I did make a connection. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm capable of this. I know that I can build these, like, strong Mm -hmm. female Mm -hmm. friendships. The words are so crowded. Like, the... There's a lot of words in like a short amount of space Mm. and like it makes it feel kind of like rambling thoughts or ruminations, Mm. Um, but they're sung so smoothly and beautifully and there's that glimmer of hope. You're like, oh, maybe it's not going to be that bad after all, or at least like I will get through this. And I think that's the song that kind of allows you to feel that despite all of its loss and mourning. I really liked your revisionist history of her like doing some light magic like she checked herself in Mm -hmm. in this revisionist history I think she also has some regret and some sorrow and some sadness and there's the lyric of counting days like I'll never get them back again Mm -hmm. that lyric describes something that I could see this Nancy doing totally as she's kind of working on herself I would I have to spare you alone is not your favorite game well, how dare you I'm counting days like I won't ever get them back again and also like there's just like the familiarity and the ritual in it too I love the recurring line of like a one hand takes the cross and the other one lights a candle mm. like sort of going back into those automatic but really like comforting movements that you're so used to mm. in like creating magic and like it sort of takes it back to like the original intention of like this is for love and this is for friendship and togetherness and it kind of it rewrites the motions of ritual and magic and in in like the hospital like she's sort of like remembering what it feels like to do magic not for evil right <laughs> or not for like entirely her own gain. right exactly and yeah. i feel like this is just a trope kind of in all sorts of mm-hmm. witch related media but doing something selfishly never turns out no. well, basically. Don't do it. The cries are just the start to a fallen angel While one hand takes the cross, another lights the candle It's 5 a.m. somewhere, they're packing up the pieces Of a broken love affair and making it look easy 
the vocals to me, so like, yes, they are very beautiful, but also initially I kind of like chuckled a little uh-huh. bit because I was like, ooh, this voice sounds like a mixture of Sade and Nico <laughs> with a hint of Sarah McLaughlin in there. <laughs> it's just that kind of like, just a little bit. Totally. I was definitely getting Sade pretty clearly, but as soon as you mentioned Nico and Alanis, like, yes. Oh, I said Sarah McLaughlin. Oh, McLaughlin. That's what I meant to say. Yes, 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 yes. It's not Alanis, to be clear. No, it's not this. Light the candle. arrived at the end of this movie a whole bunch of bad stuff happens i'm not going to tell you but you know he's filming crime that's going to go on television and the little kind of phrase they use is if it bleeds it leads so you can just imagine that he gets himself into all sorts of hairy situations trying (laughs) to get kind of the goriest footage he can that can be shown on broadcast news at the end of the movie after a bunch of bad stuff happens he is able to hire new people onto his video crew this last song i'm going to play is called New Driveway by Cobra Man, and it's just kind of him now surveying his new empire. Impression. The first choice, like, I love that you had a first car and a new driveway, because there's this sense of, like, building an empire, building a place in the world, and of newness, and of hope. Like, something I really got from this song was driving through the suburbs at night, and, like, kind of seeing the transition between dusky twilight and then just, like, the dark of night. It yeah. was so hopeful and sinister and just like hazy and... Yeah, I said melancholy even though upbeat. Yeah. What did it take to get here, question mark? Ooh. So like even though it's kind of celebratory, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. something happening in there that mm-hmm. it is like you kind of hold on to the weight of what it took to get you to where you are. And maybe he's not fully aware of the weight of all of what he's done or he doesn't feel it, but we as the viewers feel it. We feel it. A lot of sacrifice and nefarious possible criminal activities lie at the foundation of this song. I see the maple trees I hear the birds outside I like to skate on things And I've got a new driveway I've got a new driveway In in the Craft Nightcrawler crossover universe, like this might be playing like the morning they wake up and there's like beached whales and sharks and, and stuff on the beach. And it's like, mm. what have we done? Like there's like a sense of majesty and the sublime, I would say, in this song. Um, yeah. In that it kind of combines that like, those eerie notes with just like general hopeful, uplifting vibe. Yeah. What's more hopeful and yet disturbing than having enough power to like beach an entire colony of whales or pot of whales oh. and sharks? Yeah. 
you know, meanwhile, Jake Gyllenhaal is hiding behind a, a boulder on the beach with his little camera, like, yeah. <laughs> filming it all. Be like, oh, this is great stuff. Like, I'm going to yeah. sell, I'm going to sell the shit out of this. And like, maybe he winks at Nancy because it was just like a setup that they had agreed upon. <laughs> oh, yeah. He definitely yeah. handed her some cash in yeah. the last song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could get these hot tips. <laughs> this could also exist at the end of some other movie or your life mm-hmm. after you bury a body and Ooh, you're yeah. on your way out of town yeah. and maybe you've assumed that buried body's identity uh-huh. and you're driving off into the sunset. Uh-huh. But then as it gets slower and slower towards the end of the song, that's like maybe you're pulled over by a cop. And then the song fades out and the movie fades out and we have no idea what happens to you. I hear the hummingbirds. I like to skate on things. And I got a This would be a great driving song. I'm going on a road trip tomorrow with Ryan, and I just, like, I want to feel what this feels like in a car. Oh, yeah. All right, Nick, well, I hope you have fun on your road trip tomorrow. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going up to the Adirondack Mountains. We're staying in a haunted cabin for a week. Okay. It's the same one as last year where the owner is buried, like, basically <laughs> next to the bedroom. That's hard. Last year, right before we left, um, we found, like, an 8 by 10 portrait of the person who's buried in the yard, but, like, tucked under the mattress. <laughs> and so, like, I need to, like, really remedy that situation, like, ASAP. Because, <laughs> like... <laughs> I think you need to bring some some light magic into there. Yeah, definitely. A lot of, like, just good yeah. intentions. Yeah. I will definitely do a greeting where I'm, like, I'm, I'm here, I'm, like, visiting. Hey, like, it's me. Remember me from last year? Like, we had such a great time. We'll be fine. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, have fun. Those were our impressions. Ah.